Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Page Turns Podcast. I am excited about this text. We do this till we free us by Marembe Kaba. Abolitions Organizing and Transforming Justice. Now, you know, every book that I pick and choose here at the Page Turners is intentional. It's because of a need within the larger society, but within black America specifically. Police terrorism is an issue. The carceral state is an issue. Prisons are an issue. The school to prison pipeline is an issue. All of those things are an issue. But abolitionists have been imagining and dreaming and working to cultivate a new and better world. And in this text, one of the great abolitionist minds, Mirembe Kaba, has put together a collection of essays to help those who are seeking to understand what abolition is, to get clarity on abolitionists, and to begin doing the work of an abolitionist. So here at the Pace Turners, where we believe that it is important to study and fight, this will be a text that we are going to walk through essay by essay. So each episode will be a particular essay. And I thank you guys for tuning in. Again, we are doing We Do This Till We Free Us by Mareme Kaba. Let's go ahead and dive in and read the introduction. Actually, you know, we're going to read the foreword and then we're going to dive right into the essay this particular episode. Okay. The foreword is written by Naomi Marakawa. When Donald Trump incited his supporters to sack the United States Capitol on January 6, 2021, the world saw rioters overtake the sentinel of global power. With on-duty police taking selfies and off-duty police among rioters, the insurrectionists early breached the security perimeter and broke into the Capitol building, waving the Confederate flag and wearing neo-Nazi t-shirts. Shock commentaries wondered, how is it possible that a nation that spends one trillion a year on security, military, police and prisons, domestic and global surveillance, met thousands of white supremacist rioters with a police response that ranged from casually ill-prepared to the openly welcoming. The question is misguided. White supremacy does not thrive in spite of the menacing infrastructure of the United States criminalization and militarism. It thrives because of it. The anti-blackness of policing is not necessarily a point of shame, but just a simple fact. An expectation summed up in an indignation of one of the pro-Trump rioters. Quote, they're supposed to shoot Black Lives Matter, but they're shooting the Patriots. 
Police push millions of people into the criminal punishment system where anti-black death dealing rises through each cycle of hell. Black people comprise of 13% of the U.S. population, but roughly 30% of the arrested, 36% of the imprisoned, 42% of those on death row, and 56% of those serving life sentences. Inside the largest prison system on the planet, the COVID-19 death rate is five times that of the general population. The roughly 800 U.S. military bases the world over, like the nation's birth and native disposition in slavery, reinforces the lessons that Trump's band of white brothers know all too well, take by force, and invent the racial enemy. We live in the age of human sacrifice, says Ruth Wilson Gilmore, and our prison and military machinery normalizes industrialized killing. We must abolish the prison industrial complex. This is the opening premise of the Haymarket book series, The Abolitionist Papers Beyond. All that we must dismantle, abolition is a vision for all that we must build. And this makes it wonderfully fitting to inaugurate this series with the inspiring abolitionist builder, Mareme Kaba. Kaba's abolitionist vision burns so bright precisely because she refuses to be the single star dazzling alone. Why be a star when you can be a constellation? And that's what we see in this book. The brilliance that shines from Kaba and an entire constellation of co-organizers, co-founders, and co-conspirators. Together in an abolitionist practice of refusal, care, and collectivity. Refusal because we cannot collaborate with the prison industrial complex as only evil will collaborate with evil. June Jordan. Care, because care is the antidote to violence, Sadia Hartman. Collectively, because everything worthwhile is done with others, Musa Kaba. In Kaba's words, abolition envisions a world where we address harm without relying on the violent system that increases it. A world where we have everything we need, food, shelter, education, health, art, beauty, clean water, and more things that are foundational to our personal community safety. Critics charge that abolitionists are naive about violence. But Kaba demonstrates that abolition analysis witnesses connections through every layer of violence, interpersonal violence, the state violence of criminalization, and incarceration, and everywhere the structuring violence of anti-blackness, heteropatriarchy, and capitalism. Complex structures of violence become disturbingly clear when we center black women and girls, as Kaba encourages us to do. Fabricia Meadows, Marissa Alexander, and thousands of black women and girls who survived domestic and sexual violence by descending themselves, the criminal punishment system brings no relief, only more violence. Rather than neutralizing or countering interpersonal violence, State violence enables and reinforces the same oppression of racialized gender terror. After reading Kaba's analysis, it is clear that the criminal punishment system, not abolition, depends on a superficial view of violence. A facsimile 
view of good and evil based on the victim-perpetrator binary. Simple stories of the perfect victim and the monstrous perpetrator bend reality to fit the pretext for state violence, helping us to pretend that the physical, emotional, and social and civil civic sorry and civic industries jeez what in the hell that's some really bad reading right there let me do that again ladies and gentlemen my apologies simple stories of the perfect victim and the monstrous perpetrator bend reality to fit the pretext for state violence helping us to pretend that the physical emotional and social and civic injuries of prison are somehow justice to readers who finish this book saying Yes, I understand, but now what? Kaba's work is a portal connecting us to living currents of abolition organizing. If you're not in agreement while reading, yes, we literally mean abolish the police, then let that spark lead you to the defund police toolkit created by Kaba, Woods Irvin, and Andrea Ritchie. If you are a youth organizer, teacher, or parent, Kaba and collaborators have created Defund Police, an animated video with a companion discussion guide. After reading Free Us All participatory defense campaigns as abolition organizing, consider hosting a letter writing event to support criminalized survivors. Kaba has created and curated essential toolkits, artwork, and resource lists, but I highlight them not as magic formulas or shortcuts. There are no life hacks or revolution. As Robin D.G. Kelly reminds us, making a revolution is not a series of clever maneuvers and tactics, but a process that can and must transform us. Abolition requires dismantling the oppressive systems that live out there and within us. Police not only protect private property and saturate black, brown, and working class neighborhoods, they also station themselves in our hearts and minds, joining an organization, educating yourselves about the prison industrial complex, donating to a criminalized survivor's defense campaign. These are seemingly small things to begin a process that can transform us. As Kaba tells us, start where you are, connect with others already doing the work, experiment. This book gives us a glimpse of Kaba's becoming abolitionist and cultivating ways to reduce violence, to hold pain, to support, to care. Becoming is a funny word, Imani Perry observes, because it means beautiful in a process of change, not just a vision to behold, but a doing to arrive at a new state of being. When asked what exactly a world without police and prison would look like, Kaba returns the question to us saying, we'll figure it out by working to get there. Instead of certainty, she gives us an invitation to our future world, one where everyone has their needs met, where black women are free, and therefore everyone is free, where human disposability is unimaginable. Mareme Kaba shows that abolition is becoming. It is beautiful, and it is what we do till we free us. Part one. So you're thinking about becoming an abolitionist. Today, 
More people are discussing and contemplating prison abolition than ever before. Decades of collective organizing have brought us to this moment. Some are newly aware that prisons, policing, and the criminal punishment system in general are racist, oppressive, and ineffective. However, some might be wondering, is abolition too drastic? Can we really get rid of policing and prisons altogether? The short answer is yes, we can. We must. We are. Prison industrial complex abolition is a political vision, a structural analysis of oppression, and a practical organizing strategy. While some people might think of abolition as primarily a negative project, let's tear everything down tomorrow and hope for the best. No. Prison industrial complex abolition is a vision of restructured society in a world where we have everything we need. Food, water, shelter, education, health, art, beauty, and more things that are found foundational to our personal and community safety. Every vision is a map, as freedom fighter Kwame Ture taught us. When you see people call themselves revolutionary, always talking about destroying, 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 but never talking about building or creating, they're not revolutionary. They do not understand the first thing about revolution. It's creating. Hmm, that's good. Because that's something I think a lot of us get caught up in as we begin to <clears throat> do abolition work. And we get frustrated and angry, rightfully so, right? With all that is taking place, that we want to tear everything down. But we got to remember to build. That's good. And I read, Prison Industrial Complex Abolition is a positive project that focuses in part on building a society where it is possible to address harm without relying on structural forms of oppression or the violent systems that increase it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think that's crucial, right? Because it's hard, and that's that's one of the things that we wrestle with, is who who how do we get, how do we reduce harm without depending on oppressive systems? This is going to be good. And I read, some people may ask, does this mean that I can never call the police if my life is in serious danger? Abolition does not center that question. Instead, abolition challenges us to ask, why do we have no other well-resourced options? And pushes us to creatively consider how we can grow, build, and try other avenues to reduce harm. Repeated attempts to improve the whole option offered by the state despite how consistently corrupt and injurious it has proven itself will neither reduce nor address the harm that actually required the call we need more and effective options for the greatest number of people let's begin our abolition journey not with the question what do we have now how can we make it better instead let's ask what can we imagine for ourselves and the world if we do that, 
then boundless possibilities of a more just world await us. That's good. An abolitionist journey ignites other questions capable of meaningful, transformative pathways. What work do prisons and policing actually do? Most people assume that incarceration helps us to reduce stories. violence and crime. Increasing rates of incarceration the criminal have punishment a minimal impact on racism. crime rates. Sexist, Research classes, and common sense suggest that economic precarity is correlated with higher crime rates. Moreover, crime and harm are not synonymous. All that is criminalized isn't harmful. And all harm isn't necessarily criminalized. For example, wage theft by employers isn't generally criminalized, but it is definitely harmful. Even if the criminal punishment system were free of racism, classism, sexism, and other isms, it would not be capable of effectively addressing harm. For example, if we want to reduce or end sexual and gender violence, putting a few perpetrators in prison does little to stop the many other perpetrators. It does nothing to change a culture that makes this harm imaginable, to hold the individual perpetrator accountable, to support their transformation, or to meet the needs of the survivors. A transformative justice movement led by black, indigenous, and people of color survivors has emerged in the past two decades to offer a different vision for ending violence and transforming our communities. A world without harm isn't possible and isn't what an abolitionist vision purports to achieve. Rather, abolitionist politics and practice contend that disposing of people by locking them away in jails and prison does nothing to significant to prevent, reduce, or transform harm in the aggregate. It rarely, if ever, encourages people to take accountability for their actions. Instead, our adversarial court system discourages people from ever acknowledging let alone taking responsibility for the harm they have caused. At the same time, it allows us to avoid our own responsibilities to hold each other accountable instead of delegating it to a third party, one that has been built to hide away social and political failures. An abolitionist imagination takes us along a different path than if we try to reduce or simply replace the prison industrial complex with similar structures. None of us has all the answers, or we would have ended oppression already. But if we keep building the world we want, trying new things, and learning from our mistakes, new possibilities emerge. Here's how to begin. First, when we set about trying to transform society, we must remember that we ourselves will also need transform. Our imagination of what a different world can be is limited. We are deeply entangled in the very systems we are organizing to change. White supremacy, misogyny, ableism, classism, homophobia, and transphobia exist everywhere. We have also thoroughly internalized these logics of oppression, that if oppression were to end tomorrow, we would be likely to replace them, reproduce previous structures. Being intentional in relation to one another, a part of a collective helps to not only imagine 
new worlds, but also to imagine ourselves differently. Join some of the many organizations, faith groups, and ad hoc collectives that are working to learn and unlearn, for example, what it feels like to actually be safe or those that are naming and challenging white supremacy and racial capitalism. Second, we must imagine an experiment with new collective structures that enable us to take more principled action, such as embracing collective responsibility to resolve conflicts. We can learn lessons from revolutionary movements like Brazil's landless workers movement that have noted that when we create social structures that are less hierarchical and more transparent, we reduce violence and harms. Third, we must simultaneously engage in strategies that reduce contact between people and the criminal legal system. Abolitionists regularly engage in organizing campaigns and mutual aid efforts that move us close to our goals. We must remember that the goal is not to create a gentler prison and policing system because, as I've noted, a gentler police and prison system cannot adequately address harm. Instead, we want to divest from these systems as we create the world in which we want to live. Fourth, as scholar and activist Ruth Wilson Gilmore notes, building a different world requires that we not only change how we address harm, but also that we change ourselves. The prison industrial complex is linked in its logics and operations with other systems. From how students are pushed out of schools when they don't perform as expected, to how people with disabilities are excluded from our communities, and the ways in which workers are treated as expendable in our capitalist system. Changing everything must sound daunting, but it also means there are many places to start infinite opportunities to collaborate, and endless imaginative interventions and experiments to create. Let's begin our abolition journey, not with the question, what do we have now, and how can we make it better? Instead, let's ask, what can we imagine for ourselves and the world? If we do that, then boundless possibilities of a more just world awaits us. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of our first essay. So you're thinking about becoming an abolitionist. We are reading, We Do This Till We Free by Mareme Kaba, Abolitionist Organizing and Transforming Justice. I am your host of the Page Turners, Elgin Bailey. As always, we thank you for tuning in. Always, always, always remember, we study and fight. This episode of the Page Turners Podcast is distributed by KeystoneDigital.tv. Till next time, family, take care of yourselves and each other. We out.